Death Boss? Death Blossom delivers only one massive volley at close range. Oh no! Theoretically? What do you mean, theoretically? After all, DB has never been tested. It might overload the system. <gasps> Blow up the ship! <gasps> what are you worried about, Greek? Theoretically, we should already be dead. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Oh, excuse me. Hey, welcome to the 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 the, 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 the uh, pond theater. I'm your host, Chase Pond of the Pond 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 Pond. And we have a good <laughs> show. I lost myself there because I just kept holding my breath. <gasps> I was like, I was just losing my own breath for no reason over something from a movie <laughs> I've yet to see. This is just a little remix from a friend of mine named Tech Force. You can find him on Tech Force and SoundCloud and Bandicamp and all that. He raps about pop culture and 80s. But we're going to have a little historical lesson today because we're going to talk about the Ernie, Ernie Kovacs, not Aaron Kovacs, but the Ernie Kovacs awards i uh, covered that and recorded some audio off of it and i'm just going to be talking about the whole show i'm not going to be just posting my entire audio recording because for one a lot of the stuff in this ernie kovacs that sounds like a russian muppet character but ernie kovacs award there was a lot of visuals that cannot be seen or cannot be heard they would have to be described but the audio most of the worthy audio i would say comes from later when you get to see the people presenting and talking about everything because a lot of the stuff revolving around this is what was on the screen and mostly through body motion and all that so a lot of physical gags it's all about comedy anyway at least historical comedy back in the days the old days and if you don't know what it is well strap yourself in because i don't know what it was before seeing it so i this is a fresh new perspective and so many people wanted to not see this movie but they they want people people like me to just talk smack about it because I love bad movies. I love watching fun bad movies. I live for bad movies. And the movie we're talking about is Play Mobile the movie, the film that nobody saw but everybody wanted to dunk on. And I saw it and I'm going to give it a fair shake, you know. I might actually end up really liking it. You you don't know. I don't get I mean I can't, <laughs> I, I I you know, I, I don't know I'm going to hold that up. But yeah, I'm going to give my thoughts on it. And then some late reviews, uh, late thoughts on Knives Out because I didn't get to see it until now. I had to go to the lake house over Thanksgiving and the screening before that, I wasn't able to attend. So I will give my thoughts on Knives Out and that's what the show is going to be about today. This is going to be the second upload out of the three I planned on over the weekend. Well, now into this week. I was going to do James Schrader first and then this and then my uh, variety pond with Michael Cross where we talked about the movie Marriage Story on Netflix. We talked about Christmas versus Thanksgiving, which holiday is better. Then we talked about cocaine deals on PlayStation 4 consoles. Well, and what the second one isn't about like which holiday is better. Mainly this was just me saying hey, it's okay for you to just skip Thanksgiving if you want to go straight for Christmas. You're not a bad person. You can still be thankful and that's just my thoughts on a lot of these holidays is that you don't need this holiday to prove you are of good deeds and everything and sometimes thanksgiving can be quite
quite a burden. And if you want to know my full thoughts on why, we'll go straight to the variety pond where I go in great length. That's, I'm not going to go into detail here because this is about Ernie Kovacs, not Eric Kovacs, the Playmobil movie and Knives Out. So that is what you're going to be hearing on the show today. You can go to the variety pond for all that stuff. And you can go to the James Schrader. All this, it's on SoundCloud and so will this be uploaded on SoundCloud. Additionally, since I had uncle duties, I decide, you know what? I'm going to do record a new episode of A Moment with Kendi the Kid. And it's these adorable yet funny little short uploads of me and Kendi just talking about random things. And this one's about Christmas. So enjoy that if you want to. But we're on this show now. And I'm going to go straight to it because I want to get right into these things. Before that, how do you reach me? Well, you go to facebook.com slash pondspress, Instagram slash pondspress. You can go to Twitter at chasepond64. The website is pondspress.wordspress.com. Also, email me at philox76 at gmail.com, philok76 at gmail.com. Oh my gosh, the music is intense. And now I'm going to cut it off, because what the heck. <laughs> Here's another thing. I've been uploading these over when I can, because this is not my currently paid job. And the internet here is slow as crud. So I was, I, I mean, I watched the few movies that have been coming out these couple weeks, and I haven't recorded my thoughts in a review yet. So what I'm going to do for those that I haven't gotten around to a puns press audio recording, I'm going to do a short little quick thoughts on these movies that I've seen and I'll go ahead and post that when I can uh, so I can keep up and go straight for the movies that are coming out this week and next week because there is a lot so I don't fall behind and that's kind of what's going on and then by the end of the year of course best of 2019 all that so a lot of fun stuff let's get started with Ernie Kovacs now again a lot of people around my age and even some people in the fit who I know are like 50 years old or uh, 40 years old they're like yeah I've never heard of Ernie Kovacs is that a medical prescription you take well no well maybe it might be but the one I I'm referring to is this old comedian back in the day who did a lot of oddball physical humor or just jokes that catch you off guard things that you didn't really expect and most of it is through visuals uh, not a whole lot of dialogue there still will be dialogue of course but a lot of the jokes that the entire theater which again I was the youngest person in the theater I was I'm 24 years old and I looked around several times and noticed well there are a lot of 40, 50s, 60s, and 70s in this theater. I'm the youngest in every little seat here. And it, the whole theater was taken up. So I assumed, wow, there was a lot of people who knew about Ernie Kovacs. But really, it was just a small theater. And it was full of seniors or middle-aged adults who were well-inversed into Ernie Kovacs. And I was pretty much the one newcomer. Or at least that I know of. The other reason why people were gathered here is because there was this comedian that was 
heading to Dallas named John Cleese, and he's most known for being in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, a movie I've not fully seen, along with some other 80s films he's been a part of, but there were people, so this is, I have to address this because there are people going to say, well, why didn't you interview the guy? That would have been really cool. I mean, you interviewed this this James Schrader, why didn't you do John Cleese? And the answer for that, if I were to lie about it, I would say, man, I, I was just busy or packed with so many things, and I mean, I was keeping myself occupied through the day. I always fill my days up with something, but I will always work it around if there's something that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And the real reason why I didn't interview John Cleese is because while nobody told me about it until after it happened, it's not the first time I've had this where there was this... I would look at photos from colleagues of mine, or at least just friends I've made in in the uh, journalism industry here in Dallas. I would see them like either in round tables or in these like special events and I was thinking okay well that's cool maybe they got exclusive access to it or I don't know but it turns out that I the press over there they forgot to send me an invite and I have no idea if this is a once in a lifetime thing and there's just no opportunity to interview John Cleese because I'm not against that again that would be something really cool if, if I went and go see Monty Python and the Holy Grail and then jump right back into this but I mean with all kindness and all respect it is I mean maybe I'll maybe I'll put myself into blame because originally I was told that John Cleese was not accepting any interviews at all. And I probably didn't read through the part where it said, we're working on seeing if we could get John Cleese to be interviewed. And if I focused on that, I'd love to be a part of this. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe because at the, the first time I was like, hey, is John Cleese going to be interviewed? And they're like, no, nah, he's not accepting interviews. And I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. Because I don't, I'm not that huge, big and versed into John Cleese, the only movie I saw fully that he was in was Arctic Dogs. So I don't know what that says about the rest of I'm sure that was just something where, you know, he has grandkids probably and just something to do real quick. But for those saying he's a legend, like this was the only movie I had to fully go by. So I mean, I'm sure he is, but I'm just saying that the one movie I fully saw that he was a part of, which I mean, it is important. Like you should ask like, okay, what has he done of recent years? And that's why I was just more excited about James Schrader because, yeah, he hasn't had this huge history behind him. In fact, he's only now getting some attention, more to come, but he's done something of recent years, and this is a guy who's done a lot of great work back in the 80s and 90s or 70s. So, yeah, but I mean, it is what it is, and those who kept asking, hey, you know what, where did you come to see this whole show that happened earlier? No, I never got an invite for it and that's perfectly fine i'm not saying this to call anyone in fact i'm not even mentioning the person's name and i'm just very thankful that they even invite me to just cover the event and record it so this is not me calling people out this is me addressing the question well why haven't you gone and interviewed him because that would have been the biggest importance like forget ernie kovacs what about john cleese and that's why i can't really bring you much of john cleese because it never came to me and this might happen again 
the future with another star and I just have to be prepared to just kind of keep trying to pursue it if, if it's something that I'm really after and that that's probably my problem is I I wasn't pushing to see John Cleese and if I was supposed to then I apologize that I didn't because I didn't really know too much about the guy so that's what I wanted to just address regarding John Cleese so now we can get that out of the way so sorry there's nothing I can say about John Cleese because that opportunity never came to me what I can say is about the events and again as I said I was the youngest person in here and it was very apparent because all this is in the 1950s 1940s and I know I've seen I think it was TV land and that's where I watched some episodes of I Love Lucy and some other old uh, live action TV shows back in the 30s or 40s or what have you so it wasn't like I, I don't know anything about TV shows and commercials that came out back then it's just that you know being as young as I am born like 1995 I just whenever I have time I go back to see, hey, you want, I've never seen this movie before. I've never seen this commercial before. I've never seen this TV show before. And luckily with things like Netflix and Disney Plus bringing out all these old classics to see that I haven't seen, that brings another opportunity. And the most I've seen out of old history is everything revolving around animation. So live action stuff, I'm not that, I'm not that hugely familiar with. So this was me having a full, fresh new exposure to some material that I was not aware of. And what this guy is, as I said before, just oddball slapstick, which slapstick is not my favorite form of comedy, but I I will enjoy slapstick or physical comedy if there is some element of surprise to it, or if it's just something that is very clever. And that's what I do like about Ernie Kovacs is that there were plenty of jokes. I mean, this was a just a sizzle reel of commercials and shorts of Ernie Kovacs and there were physical jokes that I thought were really funny uh really hilarious actually probably one of my favorites is when Ernie Kovacs was having his own it seemed like a late night show and one of it was uh talking about these row of chess players and how prepared everybody was to uh face this one new uh, opponent from another country and that opponent won just by running into all the tables and it was out of nowhere it was like well that was funny because it caught me off guard and then Ernie Kovacs's reaction to it so yeah there were there were plenty of jokes like that that were good and then there were jokes that yeah I didn't think were really funny it just wasn't didn't really land with me I think the one I thought was the weakest was the or the the girl like making pies and food for uh like all the mans I thought that joke was a little dated but I mean everybody else laughed at it and so that's I mean if they're having fun good enough for me I mean because this really I mean really this isn't a this, this is just a presentation and that's kind of how I looked at it and as a presentation it was really cool to get exposed to a comedian that I've never heard of until now and probably the second best thing about him was his way of advertising commercials which reminds me of James Schrader and that was with Dutch matches actually I'll pull up one of it but he did commercials where it's called Dutch matches I think it's Dutch masters and it's just a catalog of really funny shorts of just him in very dark scenarios or just him screwing up and just only to get around to a cigarette or maybe try to get a cigarette it is more than custom to witness various 
evident upon the members of the populace through an over-imbibing of stimulants traditionally in supplement of this time. In other words, here is Mr. Ernie Kovacs to present the commercial for Dutch Masters. That commercial, if you probably didn't see it because you're only hearing it, but it's uh, him, like his, he's tasting his mouth, like his, he finds the cigar is very mouthwatery, and he tries to pick up a cigar, but he keeps on screwing up, and they keep falling into the water, and he's trying to pick everything up, and that could, I mean, that could not be very funny, but the way it was executed, it was, I actually did really like it. It was, I mean, it wasn't like the most hilarious thing I've ever seen but it was like hey you know what that that's kind of cute and there are funnier commercials uh regarding uh him trying to smoke these cigars and there was another water one where he tries to smoke them underwater and just kind of the physics and I I did like those commercials and some of the shorts that he was in but that's what it really was it was a sizzle reel of just that now before we went into this sizzle reel and uh, presentation the first thing they uh, mentioned was talking about all the lineups of famous comedians who've done so much over the years and then each year of them accepting their own individual Ernie Kovacs awards and that's what this is about this is a lifetime achievement of a legendary comedian from back in the day accepting an Ernie Kovacs awards and the one that I of course noticed was the voice of Hank Hill and Beavis and Butthead he accepted the Ernie Kovacs award in one of the earlier years and then the guy who plays one of the characters in Lilo and Stitch the one eyeballed alien like I don't recognize his name but I recognized his voice immediately whatever his name was but he was an earlier Ernie Kovacs or, uh, winner and this year was of course John Cleese who didn't show up at the show because he had a knee injury so he showed up tomorrow and yeah I mean I already got over the whole John Cleese or invite thing That's that's been done I'll just had to next time go like hey you know what i really want to interview this person i just have to keep pestering for one if it's a guy i really wanted to pursue so moving on from that because this is a course about ernie kovacs and that's what this presentation was just retrospective on Ernie Kovacs. So afterwards of this presentation, we got a little Q&A from some archivists here. And that's what I'm... Oh, shoot. That's the audio I'm going to play. Because, again, the most of the audio, it's... I don't think you'll get the full picture unless you've seen it. Because a lot of this is very visual heavy. And another thing is, throughout the sizzle reel, like, I had a uh, mic to pull up to record everything. And it be because it was in a tight spot and there was these uh, waiters coming by. The waiters were coming by so much that they, and this was at the Ammo Draft House also. So at the Ammo Draft House, the waiters were coming by and then there were some times where my mic knocked over and it was like the history of Ernie Kovacs awards. 
this is good popcorn. And I was like, I, I don't want to upload the whole thing. I don't think it would be that appealing if you just heard it. And because that's the whole thing about Ernie Kovacs. It's a guy you pretty much see more than you hear. There are some audio jokes he makes besides, of course, dialogue. I mean, there's one short of him walking into this library or this little antique store and it's just full of random sounds so there's some audio stuff he plays with but for the most part it is a ton of visual there's a ton of visual gags so let me get to the part where we actually talk to the people who are okay and this was Bart Weiss and me setting up my mic now another thing is there were some people that I did know of course Kelly Kitchen's an awesome lady, and her uh, husband Mark, and then Raquel, and I didn't know that Christy was there, uh, and she talks about uh, movie history too. The one that I did saw, I didn't even know uh, was attending, was Devin Pike. Like, he was in the background, I was like, hey Devin, hey Jay, oh no, he, that's not how he says it. He talks, not like that. Um, yeah, I'm talking like a constipated person. Let me get to... <laughs> the part where we actually hear the archivist. Ben had a story about one of the names in one of the... So where does he come up with these crazy names anywhere? Um, Well, there's a... The the name Kosnowski turns up over and over and over. There's there's, there's Bessie Lou Kosnowski and there's Arthur B. Kosnowski. He keeps using this name. Uh, Ernie had a radio show in Trenton in the the 1940s on uh, the local radio station. And I want to stop right there because I'm, again, I'm not going to play the whole thing. But the person that you were hearing, Ben Model, Ben Model, Ben Model, Mo- I'm going to say Ben Model. But he was one of the presenters after the show. It was an hour of er- Ernie Kovacs's random skits. And then after that was a Q&A with Ben Model and one other guy who showed up to talk about the history of Ernie Kovacs and comedians back in the 1950s, and it was cool to see. Actually, it was quite an experience to go here to talk about comedians back in the old times and then to talk to James Strader about comedians today. So it was like a little back then versus now. And yeah, they were talking about uh, him dressing and yeah, he would do all these little goofy costumes and then Kofi cross-dressed. There was one skit, or skit? Why am I saying skit? Skit. One skit of a couple of girls just looking fancy and then one looks like it could be a guy dressed as a girl again that's something that i just don't find that funny anymore or maybe it was back then but i mean that was one of the few jokes i was like okay i wasn't really crazy about that but this other joke i was like man that is clever it is a historical piece for those who are big into film buffs if you're just new random i I don't know this will make you want to get back into that because i will still laugh at some of the things here but then there are some physical jokes and some movies i did see that i didn't laugh too much at i guess maybe because i've kind of grown up with all these other types of humor that have kind of naturally formed since i guess the 2000s or so i mean don't get me wrong i very much appreciate all this and it was a really cool experience in fact i have 
say at the very least you want to know if this whole show is for you i would just look up ernie kovacs on youtube because you can find some of ernie's skits on youtube and then watch them see how you like it if you don't then i i mean i can't say that this will change your mind if you do then hey you're in for a fun history lesson because it isn't just like oh we're gonna just talk oh excuse me i'm recording this after i ate some beef enchiladas it's not just about talking about history you're not like going to class or anything it's just talking about the old days of 50s nostalgia and then you know just having a good smile about a good laugh and that's kind of what it is i only stayed until 9 16 and then i just felt like i had to go and i really appreciate being invited out to this again i know i started off with just saying that i was kind of uninvited to a interview but i still really appreciate what i was invited to what i did get and that's per- i don't really have a personal attachment to john cleese like i don't know him so it's like and that's the, the way i feel about all these celebrities and i don't go to fan expo to go meet the star of the show that i really like or the star of this movie if they're willing to have a conversation to me then that's great i'm definitely up to that but if i'm just waiting in a long line just to have an autograph and talk about how awesome they are don't really that's not really worth my time that just personally not worth my time like i rather spend my time at fan expo helping out my charity heroic inner kids time with friends those are really the most important things to me and john cleese is going to be at fan expo and there's no way in heck they're going to let me interview him so this was pretty much the one and only chance that just people forgot to tell me about and hey you know what what i got i thought was worth the travel down from my middle of nowhere melissa it was definitely a great time as it is in the alma draft house even in movies i end up not liking i always like going to the alma draft house because while it's a little theater uh, theater i'm here again making up words but a little theater experience and there's just some sort of atmosphere that's very welcoming about the alma draft house that i really do like and of course outside in the lobby just hanging out that's why it's like my favorite or at least one of my favorite theaters to go to and just watching some old films or old tv shows and commercials i never heard of i was really impressed it was like the the most funniest thing i ever heard is like man why aren't comedian all comedians today like ernie kovacs no i didn't get that feeling from it but it was a nice piece of history that hey you know i'm glad i got to know about and what i think about coming back to next year's ernie kovacs maybe i i mean that's a long ways away for me to decide do i want to come back to ernie kovacs i have no idea what will happen in december of 2020 so i cannot bet on anything that far but i'll definitely at least look at it and that's kind of why i have to say if you want to learn old comedy history and not just by someone telling you about it but first experiencing an hour's worth of that material and then people cracking jokes while talking about uh how important this guy was back in the day because ernie kovacs he built everything with a very small budget as you heard and yeah back in the day people did not have the resources as they did now so seeing how they uh, were able to achieve that their personality and their style of humor and entertain so many people was just really amazing and i mean that's the same with say mr rogers he built his show on a very small budget but so did 
this guy. It's like all these all, all these old legends, they built their legendary work, I mean, creative work that a lot of people, or at least a good majority, are very fond of. I don't know about a lot of people because I have asked a ton of people if they know Ernie Kovacs, and a lot of people don't. But it's good that someone brought up some old history for other people to see and make judgment whether or not it's something really funny that we should see more of or not. But I did enjoy my time. And if you just want to come in and see some history and did not just hear about it, but experience it, and something like the Alamo Draft House, then go for it. I'm sure there's probably more events like this coming in the future, whether or not it's related to Ernie Kovacs, but definitely looking forward to it. And that's pretty much why this, that's all what it was. It was a an hour's worth of appreciation for the old form of comedy, and then, or the outrageous oddball comedy, and then some people having a presentation afterwards of Lisa Q&A, just to add up that time, but in a way where you're not boring your audience. So that was really cool. And yeah, that's what I have to say about the Ernie Kovacs Awards. It was a really awesome... Even if I got the lesser half than everybody else because of some screw-up that is going to happen again and it's happened before, I still got to experience something wonderful that I'm going to remember, hold on to, and maybe even tell my niece about who is like almost three years old. So don't think that where I started off with, not really a rant, but just... Just a and an addressing to people who really wanted to hear about John Cleese. Didn't get that, but I got something. And something is worth that. Well, it didn't really cost me any money to get in, but still, it was a 30-minute drive, because I live out in the middle of nowhere, but it was a drive worth it. Anyway, I've gone long enough. So, the first movie we have going up is Play Mobile the Movie? Play Mobile the Movie. That's where I... Yeah, Play play Mobile the Movie. Me and my pronunciation. Anyway, Play Mobile is a toy that I've never heard of, but I do know of some late go knockoffs. I mean, the one that I remember riffing back when I did these cringy YouTube videos was Megablocks when they had their own animated short film that you had to pay for or something. It was like bonus disc to a Megablocks pirate set back in 2005. And it was a cringy film. It was a cringy short and definitely not Lego and nothing is Lego. Lego is Lego and all these knockoffs, they don't really seem to get it why lego works because they're like hey you know what we're gonna do building blocks too but not as much i'm like okay well then what did you have instead and they're like oh we got action figures i guess they kind of move and yeah so what's so fun about playing with play mobile instead of Legos. I guess that's what this movie should address. And according to the trailer, it's about Rex Dasher, voiced by Harry Potter himself. Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Radcliffe. So many cliffs. Well, he's gonna drive off the cliff and save all... (laughs) Okay, enough of that. He's gonna drive off the... Okay. He's going to (laughs) drive... I was like, enough of that, and I'm gonna say drive off. 
again. But he's going on this adventure, and he's taking Anna Taylor-Joy and some other dude with him on this adventure to save the Playmobil sets from these evil emperor. Can they save the day? And can they also tell you why you should give a crud about Playmobil? Well, I'm going to give this movie a fair shake. I did see it. I was the only person in the movie theater who saw it. So, <laughs> let's take a look at the trailer, and then I'm going to discuss how this trailer did not exactly tell you everything. Time to go save the world. There's no chance of danger, right? I'm 100% almost sure. Some heroes are unshakable. Others are unstoppable. But only one kind is part of a portable 10-piece set. Rex Dasher, at your service. Dasher, for your next mission, we're partnering you with two civilians, Dell <laughs> and Marla. Hello? <gasps> oh. Well played. This way, after me. No, this was just garbage. Come on, Dell. Over the last several months, a top-secret organization has caused citizens from different lands to vanish into thin air. That's not good. I need you two to help rescue them. We're running out of time. <laughs> I mean, there's no chance of danger or anything, right? <laughs> I'm 100% almost sure. Everybody jump! This entire city is guarded day and night. Come on, get in! Time to go save the world. That was terrifying, but also kind of exhilarating. I know! You love me! You don't need to say it! Jump in an Aston, jump in a row! Um, I was just gonna say you forgot your sunglasses. I love that guy! <laughs> Tell the boss Dell's here to see her. I got a Dell down here asking to see Miss G. No, not Adele, that'd be awesome. <laughs> jump, jump, jump up and get down! Okay, so I'm gonna start off right off the bat. This trailer lied. It lied. It lied so much. It lied so much. What did it lie about? Well, the first thing is it says starring Daniel Radcliffe as Rex Dasher. No, he's really a side character who's in it for like 10 or 15 minutes. The second thing this movie doesn't tell you is that it's a musical and it opens up in live action. In fact, it goes on in live action for quite a bit. I was like, okay, when where's the Play Mobile? Did I walk in the wrong movie? Because it looked like I was watching iCarly, like some iCarly spinoff or iCarly movie, where iCarly was played by Anna Taylor-Joy instead of Miranda Cosgrove instead. Or, I mean, I said instead twice. What am I saying? Me drinking this... Okay, whatever. I had some vitamin water. Oh, excuse me. 
So yeah, instead you got Anna Taylor-Joy, and she plays as Marla with this dream of going out there and seeing the world and just being who you want to be. All that great stuff. It's kind of tropey. You've seen that several hundred times before. But okay, she wants to go out there and see the world. She even sings a song about it. And I'll say that Anna Taylor-Joy, she is a good singer, or at least not a bad singer. But the lyrics are, how should I put it? They don't really feel like a song and what do i mean by that where they don't feel like a an actual song it feels like for the soundtrack of this movie it feels like people are just saying words but rhyming them and then just putting like some sort of vocal tone to it but there's no flow to it there's no rhythm or I should say, because if you listen to the song, like half the time, it's just someone talking. Okay, there's not real, there's not a real direction here. And I'll, I'll show what I mean. Actually, let me show you an example of a great song of this familiar type, which is that sort of inspirational, I want to go out there and see the world type song. And one really great one is Moana. I've been staring at the edge of the water Long as I can remember Never really knowing why I wish I could be the perfect daughter But I come back to the water No matter how hard I try Every turn I take, every trail I track, every path I make, every road leads back to the place I know where I cannot go, where I long to be. See the line where the sky meets the sea, it calls me, and no one knows how far it goes. If the wind in my sail on the sea stays behind me, one day I'll know. Just no telling how far I'll go. Yeah, you know what, Moana? We feel for you. We're, we got your back. We got your back. Now listen to the opening song of Play Mobile and see where we have a huge contrast here. Which the song is called So Much World? Yeah, it's called So Much World. I get to be an explorer. And never before her, across her borders like Lewis or Clark. Who? I'll take any gamble. There's so much to sample. Nothing I can't handle. Can't wait to embark. Life lesson number 321, Charlie. Nothing worse than a small, stationary life. Dolesville. One day I want to say I tried it all, took every bite. I'll get my passport stamped on every page. What a sight. I Speak solamente español. Me all new people eat street food, dance flamenco, bolero, and tango. There's so much world out there, and I've got to see it all. There is so much world to share, and it's just outside these walls. I won't stop till I've seen what's Oh yeah, we're so gonna go on some big adventures, Charlie. No, 
<laughs> I just played a minute that song and half of it was just talking and half of it was, I guess, kind of a Disney Channel beat to it or maybe kind of feels that way. I mean, the whole film is in live action. It's filmed like a TV show. So there's no movie part to it. In fact, it really does feel like iCarly. And then this film, because the plot here is Anna Taylor-Joy and Marla or whatever you want to call her, she wants to go out there and Charlie is like, well, so long as you play with me. Well, of course, they play the play mobile figures together and you start seeing the play mobile figure. You see the play mobile figures like almost 10 minutes into the movie. We don't start off with play mobile. We eventually get to play mobile, the, the title of the movie. And then, yeah, they play with the play mobile toys for a little bit and you don't really see why play mobile is just as good or better than Lego. In fact, it really feels like a more restricted Lego. And then right after the song, right after this cheerful, happy song, they find out that their parents died in a car crash. And then it's all sad and emotional. And I'm like, okay, we just don't go from 11 to zero in like one minute or so. You have to build up if you really want that emotional payoff instead of like, oh man, this is just a happy day. Oh, my puppy died. Now it's really sad. Oh my gosh, I just got this great deal at Target. And now they're telling me to go to Walmart instead. It's like, yeah, um, I'm not buying it. <laughs> so eventually this gets to play mobile when Charlie runs off because years later, I, wait, wait, hold on a second. They were teenagers when their parents died and yet they were still able to keep the house and just Marley has to run it as run the house, pay for all the bills and all that as a teenager. And maybe she's still a teenager when, because it's established that she just passed high school. So could you? own a two-story house after you pass high school because right after she passed high school her parents died but hey logic doesn't matter because this is for the kitties the little kids who don't care about legos i don't know who that is they go or chair charlie goes away because he's like why won't you play with me anymore and Aunt Marla's like well I have multiple jobs Charlie you know we can't be full of adventure all the time let's go to reality here and Charlie runs off and here's the weird thing is this movie has a lot of foreshadowing but not in a okay this is gonna come back later to the story like this is gonna play a really important part no the foreshadowing in this film is look at this thing we're gonna put in the movie later on <laughs> it's like like, okay, so... Charlie goes to the Toy Con. It's literally called Toy Con. He passes by not a toy Tyrannosaurus Rex, but a statue of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. And it focuses on that T-Rex for a bit before we go cut back to them in the little museum or Toy Con, whatever. It's like, okay. And Toy Con is this one small room, apparently, just full of play mobile sets. It's like, th I've been to so many conventions before for Toy Con kind of just be this one room of play mobile sets and I, I get that's not important the story for them to see the whole convention but it's just really funny that they go into toy con and it's just this one room uh or this one claustrophobic room of 
play mobile sets. And then they argue and then they activate something and they get sucked into this play mobile world. And that's where we get to the one positive thing about this movie. The one big positive is that the animation is decent. Once they go into play mobile, they look like the toys, which is fine. I mean, okay, so you're going to be like a Lego movie and you ripped off that fine okay i mean yeah the animation is all right it's not bad but the jokes they're saying it's a bunch of terrible puns and joke and just gags that don't go anywhere i'm like i i'd scratch my head at some of these references they make to pop culture and then of course there's some times where you gotta do the modern dances like the backpack kid or the nays or whatever i guess the most unique thing is hay where if people eat it then or no of animals eat it then they grow wings and go and do or become a fairy or something but when people ask is this a total ripoff of the lego movie it, yeah yes it is yes indeed this rips off the lego movie so much from just going through all these different worlds of sets i mean the lego movie had a desert world and i think it had dinosaurs i don't remember no i didn't have dinosaurs it had robots which this one does too and it's not just the fact that they have all these things but it's all about going through these different worlds and find all these wacky characters and go on this quest to save everybody and restore the live action versions of themselves i mean kind of different scenario because the lego movie is about uh, say troubled father and son relationship and this is a troubled brother and sister relationship Okay, so maybe it isn't that different, but yeah, and then they gotta stop this evil emperor villain who's got a lame as heck theme song. And they just kind of go through one random scene to the next. You eventually get to these different characters, like Dell. He's he sells hay and ice cream, and then he makes puns, and they go on this quest together. It's pretty much Marla and Dell trying to save the brother Charlie who turns into the bread bearded viking and rex or uh dex what was it rex flasher dex dasher mex masher the (laughs) guy voiced by daniel radcliffe he comes in like an hour into the movie with his own theme song how cool he is and then immediately after that song happens he gets his butt kicked and he gets knocked out and we don't see him for until the last act where he's like one of the supporting heroic people to save the day uh, okay uh, so never mind that and all the, these gags meant for really little kids and a plot that is yeah a knockoff of the lego movie of course and talks about girl power we've been there a hundred times i don't know what this movie is doing that other animated films haven't in fact all it's doing is just ripping off better movies with a very media like less than mediocre job these are terrible jokes and unlike the i would say the movie what was it called oh gosh well the the ugly dolls yeah ugly dolls that pissed me off at the end the way they just not just ripped off toy story and trolls maybe this is just a trend for stx films is let's just knock off better movies to try to sell our own products because ugly dolls was nothing but a commercial for dolls ugly dolls the toy line without really having any story to kind of make you care about these people to where you have a 
reason to buy these toys. Instead, it's more like, yeah, I'll just feel bad for them because they got picked on. So you, you will buy this toy because you don't want to be a jerk. And Play Mobile is kind of similar because these are knockoffs of Lego toys and it's all trying to trying to promote Play Mobile to get you to buy these things. But you don't have any sort of attachment to any of these characters. They're all forgettable. They're all generic as heck. There's nothing really exciting going on here. Just a very bland animated film that I I could recommend to little kids, but again, you got the Lego movie, so why do you need to see this? I would say even see the Lego movie 2 and Lego Ninjago over this, because I wasn't crazy about those, but they were way more entertaining to watch than this. This movie is just boring. Even by action sequences, this movie isn't fun. And the Lego film had just so much to play with. In fact, even in the worst entries of, this, of the new Lego movie films, they do a great job in telling, letting you know how much fun it is to play with Legos. And you don't really get that here. You don't get that at all. In fact, it reminds me a lot more of the Lego films before the live-action Warner Brothers, Chris Miller, and Phil Lord Lego films. They remind me of what was it? Clutch Powers? That's what this is. This is Clutch Powers. And that was the that was Universal's Lego movie where it was just, again, this really cool guy up to save the day. And it's all about needing teamwork from the lesser people, which is kind of similar to Rex Dasher's character, except Rex Dasher is not really in the movie that much, so nope. I, 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 I'm trying to see what the point is. I mean, I'm trying to be positive and nice and say oh man you know what this movie is probably pretty good but no i was just bored like i wouldn't even put this on my top 10 worst because it doesn't even try to make you feel guilty for not wanting to purchase instead it just doesn't do anything exciting it doesn't do anything insulting it's just kind of boring like all the jokes they suck i'm like i just watched this entire movie with a blank face going well they really don't know what they're doing because they just throw so like they throw Jurassic Land at you which I'm like okay so you don't have Jurassic Park so you just call it Jurassic Land or Jurassic Dinosaur Land and then all these musical numbers just being boring as crud like they have nothing going on I it's really just an animated film without the life to it just animation that's just decent I would say because I I love crazy bad movies movies are just so bad they just get nuts but this film doesn't really do anything where i'm like wow this is maybe most likely not really not really yeah all i could say about the play mobile movie is it exists for some reason that's what i got and that's it it's the play mobile movie it exists for some reason just avoid this i mean i want to say oh man there, there's probably there's so many people enjoy this no i was the only person in the theater and i i wanted to either really love this or come out saying man this is worse than i thought it's so bad that it's good or it's so good that it's bad or whatever but no this is just a boring as crud kids film that no one's gonna remember like by next week or by the end of this week when we got jumanji so yeah it's just a flat as heck of void i wish there was something that was memorable or great about it but instead it tries too hard to be uh, be up to snuff with lead the lego movie and just fails but not fails in a way where i'm like man that is memorable for how sucky it is it's like no you just didn't really understand why people really
really like the Lego movie. And that's kind of it. So there you have it. Play mobile. Or don't play mobile. I don't know. And lastly, Knives Out. So we go from play mobile figures to mass murdering mysteries. Or not mass murdering. Just a plain murder mystery. From Ryan Johnson. The guy that everybody loves. I say that with huge sarcasm. But I thought The Last Jedi was just okay. I'm not crazy about it. All those people say, Man, The Last Jedi is the smartest film ever made. No. Okay. In fact, all those people talking about how smart and sophisticated and deep and dark The Last Jedi is. Well, this movie should let you know that no, it was dumb as heck just as this film is. But does that mean in a good or bad way? Because I, it might be that fun type of dumb. It might be that fun, cheesy, dumb B movie. I'm going to play the trailer and I'm going to tell you my thoughts. And this is basically the murder mystery where you have this little family household and it's another rich guy, he got killed killed because someone's after his money and it's up to Chadwick Boseman but mainly Daniel Craig to come in and sort things out and it's just a straightforward who done it so who did do it and did they do it well I don't know let's check out the trailer and then I'll give you my thoughts uh, no if I could pause why are we doing all this Let's back it up. The family has desperate motives. And when good people get desperate, the knives come out. You know something. Spill it. I suspect foul play. No. Yeah. What? <laughs> did you just Google that? I did just Google that. You gotta do this more often. So this was uh, Who Done It by Ryan Johnson. Little Thanksgiving fun, and that's what it is. <laughs> it's just getting right down to it. I had a lot of fun with this film, and I I wasn't one of those people who was just so enraged of the Last Jedi. I just didn't think it was a great movie. Uh, I mean, uh, I I get it. you think this is the best piece of cinema in the world. I I don't. I also don't think it's the worst piece of cinema in the world. I would definitely watch it over Play Mobile the movie. Uh, I'll say that. But I didn't really come in this with any expectations at all because, again, the only thing I saw was The Last Jedi. And it kind of brought me back to a film called Clue. And some of you remember what Clue, the, the movie Clue was. Some of you don't, but at least you know the board game. And Clue was this very over-the-top and campy whodunit movie about this family of, or at least not family, but just a household 
full of either jerks or just people who you don't know if you should trust or not and they're all stuck in for this little game going on because there's a murder in the house and there's an, a detective saying hey you have to stay here because I gotta figure out who killed this person and the murder here is of Christopher Plummer's character and the whole house is looking I mean the, these two investigators or three investigators they're trying to find out okay who did it so we're just going to interview each and one of you one by one at first it seems like their luck is not going anywhere because all of them say the same thing and then they run into this one girl and she's played by Anna D. Armas plays Marla another Marla <laughs> but she's a Brazilian housekeeper or I mean she's a housekeeper uh, she was from Brazil immigrated here and she worked at the house and was very close to Christopher Plummer's character there's this whole mystery of okay why does she might know something and I'm not gonna spoil what she knows or anything but I'm only gonna say is she was pretty much the first key for each of these investigators to or at least mostly Daniel Craig's character to figure out that hey you know what our job's not over yet maybe there's something fishy going on and it just kind of unravels by each of the I mean it's not I won't say it's a slow unravel but it's definitely one that takes things one piece at a time so where you can kind of look at the mystery and see what happened to this family that might kind of put them in a conflict that may or may not have encouraged the death of Christopher Plummer's character now what I'll say why I talk about the actors and actresses more than the characters because these are a bunch of cartoons they are a bunch of live action cartoons I mean Daniel Craig is putting on a fake as heck southern accent and which is fine because he is having so much fun in this he does not want to be James Bond anymore he is threatening to slit his own uh, wrist he really wants to get out James Bond badly and said this is my last one so I'm glad for both Daniel Craig and for Chris Evans to find a new role for them like post these popular big blockbusters they've been a part of for so long so yeah Chris Evans plays one of the, the household names the the smart Alec one which upon seeing the two trailers I'm like okay I think I might know who the killer is and I'm not gonna say this there are some twists here but overall you kind of get the feeling you know who the killer is by the end of the movie which is fine because you at least everybody's having a fun time they're cracking jokes you're just having a good time at the movie theater. And that's what it kind of is. It's a fun, campy, B-movie whodunit film. Like, it is... It's cheesy as heck. Don't get me wrong. If you want to look for the best dialogue in, in 2019, this is not it. This is like... Ryan Johnson is just really in love with uh, his work of The Last Jedi. And just really in love with trolling the hardcore fans of Star Wars. Where he put in this joke midway through the... Actually, not midway, like early on in the film. And it's like, okay, yeah, I know who you're trying to talk down to, this joke, which, yeah, I don't think it was funny because it was just, not only was it just him, like, insulting someone, but it was also like, yeah, it's kind of tired and done.
again uh, before, but all these other jokes that happened throughout the film, they, they were great. They were really funny. This is a consistently entertaining film. As, as bonkers as it gets, it is a good time. I mean, that's kind of what I should say. I could go into the film, but then I would talk about spoilers. There are pieces on how this mystery is unraveled and how the killer or alleged killer, possible killer of Christopher Plummer's character. And there were some things that I thought were really cool. And just seeing how this house comes together, the house itself just looks like a board game. That's what it really comes down to. It is a fun reinterpretation on why Clue was just such a good time. And this is a great time too. I just... I had great laughs. I was very entertained. But yeah, at the end of the day, I wouldn't be like, man, that was one of the best movies I've seen of this year. No, it was dumb as heck, but I had fun. It's pretty much the type of stupid that I enjoy watching on the big screen. That type of dumb where just the entire cast is having fun. They're being very witty. There's a lot of great visuals going on uh, and a great cinematography is well shot. But yeah, am I going to talk about, oh, this is the smartest piece of no, it's not. It's it's dumb, but it's fun. That's kind of what I would have to say about Knives Out. I give it just a regular good stamp. I had a good time with it. Does anyone deserve an Oscar for this film? Maybe cinematography you could do, or maybe set. If there's a award for best sets, because the set here is great. The way this house is built together. But yeah, there wasn't an Oscar level performance from anyone. I mean, as much as Daniel Craig is having fun with his southern accent. It's not a great accent. You can tell he's playing up a southern accent. Chris Evans is just being a smart aleck Chris Evans. Yeah, I can't think of anyone who just really pulled off that Oscar level performance. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, everyone had a great time and that's kind of what you're in here for. You're in here to have a great time. Even though it's about a murder, it can't be enough to where you're not that horrified or you're not that taking that, it, that seriously because everyone Everyone's making a joke of it and making light of it. And even when there are is death in the film, it's very, it's very, yeah, it's PG-13 level. There's nothing, there's no real horror imagery going on. Yeah, it's, it's a fun time. And that's all I have to say about it. Kind of quick as that. Quick and simple. So now, time to go. And how do you reach me? Well, Pawn Press. Oh, sorry. Sorry. At Facebook and Instagram. Also on Twitter, at ChasePond64. Philox76 at gmail.com. P-H-I-L-O-K 76 at gmail.com. The, the website is pondspress.wordspress.com. And we'll see you again next time.